Welcome to The Positive Effect. My name's April Sobral, and I am the founder of RetailU.ca and the author of The Positive Effect, a retail leader's guide to changing the world. I've had an amazing 25-year career in retail where I've traveled across the globe. I have worked and inspired thousands of leaders. And in this weekly podcast, I bring to you my retail friends and network conversations that will inspire you and encourage you to further your career in retail or beyond. We talk about leadership lessons learned and tips and tricks that can help you be a successful leader. So get ready to be inspired. And if you're looking for more leadership development, sign up at www.retailu.ca. And I'll see you on a live call soon. All right. Yay. It's Wednesday. It's my favorite day of the week. Hi, Normanda. Hi, April. I'm doing so great today. I'm so excited to have you on The Positive Effect. So I'll do a little intro for anybody that's just joining us, that's just finding us. Um, I'm April. I'm the founder president of Retail U. And every week, I bring on my amazing retail network to have awesome conversations about leadership, retail, and so much more, because I really believe that the positive effect of leadership in any business should be celebrated. And so that's what we're here to talk about. We're talk, here to talk to Norman today. I can't say your last name. <laughs> oh, it's Ciarlo. It's okay, Ciarlo. Okay. okay. <clears throat> um, to really learn, of, it's really to learn about your career, your retail career, and any words of wisdom that we can pull out of you. We've got about 30 minutes. So I'm just going to say, you know, if you're joining us, um, put your name in the chat. Tell us where you're coming from. We have an amazing uh, following and retail global network family that's joining this uh, live every week. And then, you know, share this. I'm going to say share this with your retail network if you find it, because these are golden conversations that are just priceless mentorship moments. So anyway, I'm going to start off this show. So Norman, I'm so excited you're here. I know I haven't seen you for a while. I know. Um, We were just talking before we got on how many companies we'd worked worked at the same time, but we'd never actually worked together, which is kind of interesting. Interesting. So funny. Same achievement. Same achievement, yeah. So we want to hear your story. You know, tell us about your journey into retail. Was it accidental? Was it intentional? How did you start your career in retail? Um, it's very interesting, and I'll give you context of my former career because retail was a second career for me. Um, so I started my career in the entertainment industry. So uh, I was a professional dancer, um, and I was always raised in that environment of art and expressing yourself and so on and so on. So retail was never in my vision. I think it was very interesting. Uh, I've only learned about retail quite late in my career. So um, so as a professional dancer, so I basically worked um, for production company around the world. I did that for 14 years. Wow. Um, so I worked in, you know, Atlantic City and Puerto Rico and, you know, in in kind of like show review, like Moulin Rouge and Las Vegas and stuff like wow, that. Wow, I did not know that about you. I, yeah, that's that's where I come from. And actually people that actually knows me as a leader today, when they find that out, they go, ah, that makes sense now. You know, they, they immediately go because 
because I'll speak to that in a little bit because I acquired a lot of great skill while I was um, a, a, a professional dancer. I was always in a role also where somebody identified me immediately as kind of like the manager or the leader or the line captain, we call them in the industry. Um, so for me, when I decided to leave the entertainment business after 14 years, uh, the first reason I left is because I recognized that I was limited with my talent. Um, not that I was not a great dancer. I was a great dancer, but that was it. I had oh. one hat. So I was not a singer. I was not an acrobat. I probably could act and never had the <laughs> chance to do that. Um, so I did recognize what my strength were and what my talent was. So that was the first bigger lesson that I got from dancing is that, you know, stay in your lane and grow within your lane. Um, so that was the first thing. As an entertainer, also, you learn a lot about resilience. You know, the right. idea, you go to an audition, you're 5'9", you walk in, first thing you're told says, no, thank you, next. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, I haven't danced yet. Well, you know what, you're too short or, you know. So you have to learn about resilience because right. rejection, rejection was huge. Um, perseverance, discipline, um, because as a dancer, even if you have a job, you need to keep training. Right. So that's a huge, uh, and I was one of those guys that actually was a little bit of a natural. So I learned my technical side of dancing. I learned it while I was performing. Okay. So it was very interesting. So it's not like I studied and I got the job. I kind of got the job and actually perfect my skills. That's, like, that's kind of like retail. You do the job. And exactly. Then get the job. <laughs> exactly. So, and there's, you know, there's also the team building because as entertainer, you travel the world you know, you're, you're an ensemble, you, you, you work with other people. And I think that's very, very important um, as a leader also, or moving into retail yeah. because um, you know, there's retail of one is not that much, you know, retail is a team is really a team effort and a team success, uh, you know, either from a customer, or from your, your colleagues. So how, so how did you go from that into retail though? Yeah. So this is where <laughs> one day, Norman decides to quit dancing, comes back to his hometown of Montreal, has no clue, has every ex-dancer what I did. I went to hospitality. And one day I met somebody who is Michael Eskenazi, who uh, owns uh, Monsieur Felix and Mr. Norton Cookies, Gourmet Cookies. Yeah. Um, you know, and I kind of like told him, I says, listen, I, I want to do something. I want to go. I, I want to, you know. And he goes, well, you're in show business. You should go into retail. He says, because that's like being on stage all the time. Right. And I went, oh, it's kind of like being on stage all the time, right? So uh, so that's how I did it. And, you know, first thing he said, he says, if you're interested, I said, I have a job as a manager for one of my shops. He says, and that's where I got retail in me. Wow. I mean, so I, I, I started selling gourmet cookies and I was <laughs> like, uh, and because I had transferable skills, um, I, I, you know, and I was also very eager to grow. Hmm. So I had the opportunity to immediately identify myself as somebody that has pot potential. Um, and I also, you know, had the opportunity to show my strength. Hmm. So because I was new to the market and it's a small world, as you all know, you know, retail yeah. is not that big of a small Montreal world. is really small. Yeah, yeah very <laughs> small. Um, so I immediately said I want to be identified as an expert at something, right? And um, and I think that's one of my uh, advice that I give to people: leverage your strength. I think there's going to be plenty of people in your life that's going to tell you what your opportunities are. Yeah. <laughs> um, believe me, for yeah. anybody that's starting into this business, you're going to get a lot of feedback. You're going to be told what you're good yeah. at, what you're not good. 
Yeah. But as an individual, as a leader, leverage your strength. Identify to what you're good at. And and somebody, and somebody. When I was at Apple, actually, somebody. I think it was my best friend who works at Apple. Um, she uh, said she always had this question that she would ask people she worked with she's like what do you want to be known for yeah, right exactly. what do you want to be known for and then really make that your thing so that you're not just uh, somebody in a crowd it's kind of like what you're saying about being a performer like what is your superpower what do you want to be known for yeah Super exactly important. and i think that it's like it's a kind of like that legacy that you want to have right so keep going because i'm so interested in this so you started off with gourmet cookies and then yeah what so so basically uh eager bunny uh, i did a lot of franchising uh because it was a franchise you learn a lot from franchising because you have to yeah. do business plan then i went to a, re a retail group called united cigar store um, who actually was owned by uh, Hash Hachette, a French company. And um, I was owning all the travel and tourists, all those shops that you buy T-shirts and magazine in the yeah. airports and the hotels. Yeah. So I was a district manager for them. And uh, over there, I learned uh, buying and merchandising. That's where I got my growth. Then I joined The Gap that I was, uh, I was there for almost 10 years. I would say uh, that's where I identify myself as what a leader could be. Uh, I think before I was always a manager and, um, you know, uh, Gap, you know, and I've worked for Lloyd. Uh, so it's it's been very interesting because he was talking about the LDP and I went through that program. And and it is really about finding who you are. Um, I did not know I had the leaders in me because I don't think leader is a position. I think it's something that you are. Yeah. And um, that's really them that actually allowed me to actually come out of my shelf a little bit and say, yeah, I am a leader. Actually, I can I can actually mentor and inspired and being empathetic and all that stuff. I think Gap did that for me. I think Gap is such, uh, there's a lot of us that went through Gap at that time and we what we got out of it, it built that foundation. And that's why I'm so passionate about leadership development because if I hadn't had that at that time exactly. in my career, I don't know if I would have ended up where I was, right? So yeah. I, I was I, very fortunate. I still refer to my management skill cards that we used to get. And I think you were at Banana Republic. You had the same thing. Yeah. Because that was like the toolkit that you can have as a manager. And, you know, if you had an issue, you could go back to your skill cards and then you could actually help yourself in Denver. Yeah. 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 So uh, after that, I went to Loblaws. I did identify through my career that I was not, um, uh, my strength was not operation. So again, a lot of vulnerability and being able to say, what am I good at? What am I not so good at? And I think um, on your last podcast with Lloyd, he said, you know, we're generalists. I mean, we wear many hats, you know, we do HR, we do merchandising, we do buying, we do, uh, we do people, we do whatever, right? We, yeah. do, we, we do it all. I think we're very, very, you know, we're kind of like the jack of all trade, but master yeah. of none a little bit, but um but I think it was really interesting and I knew that I had an opportunity. So I went and launched Joe Fresh with Loblaws. Oh, wow. Uh, when Joe Fresh was just kids. Um, I, and we loved, were I used to buy it for my kids all the time. I loved yeah. it, Joe Fresh, when it first launched. And uh, we were just opening up in Superstore. And uh, that was, um, you know, uh, it was very, very, and they needed somebody from retail. So I, I left Gap to go to Joe Fresh and I learned to work with groceries. Uh, and and own operators, and I learned a lot about operation. Very interesting to try to convince people to give 6,000 6, square foot in a superstore uh, because they see you coming with your clothing and they're used to sell food, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so you had to add a lot of influence in order to do that. And then I went to Apple, 
And uh, at Apple, I learned how to say no. That's my, uh, that's <laughs> when people said, and you're laughing because you know exactly what I'm saying. Explain I that. Unpack that a little bit. <laughs> so I'll unpack that. So basically, I worked on the wholesale side. You work on the okay. retail side. I was on the wholesale side. Yeah. I launched uh, the Apple Solutions Consultant uh, program across Future Shop and Best Buy at the time. Um, and as you know, Apple, the strength of the brand is really strong. Um, you know, everything that they do is meticulous, very detailed, um, a lot of Kool-Aid, like I said, you know, and, and you've got to respect it because it is the strength of the brand. And Apple is a product company, innovators. So when I joined there, I'm kind of a creative guy. So I went in there and I, of course, I walked in there changing the world. I was going to change Canada. I was going to. And of course, every time I came out with a great idea, people would say, no, we don't do that. <laughs> uh, and then I would come out with another one, no, we don't do that. And then actually at one point, you know, people were always coming to me say, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? And then one day I woke up and I said, you know what? I'm just gonna say, no, that's not <laughs> who we are. And then people wow. say, really? And then I would explain why. And they would go, oh yeah, that makes sense. So I always say that, what did Apple taught me? To say no. That was like the best which, which, thing. Which is, which is a good leadership lesson, actually, right? It's very. a very positive thing because if the brand is very clear on what they're doing and also trying to keep people on track to execute, which I think we learned gap with the masters of execution back in the day when I worked there. That's where yeah. I learned it. I think it's keeping people on that path. Exactly. And sometimes, I mean, I have a creative daughter who went through a creative high school, like kind of like dancing and all that. And I used to be doing projects with her and I'm an operations person. I'd be like, don't start another idea in the middle of this idea. Like we got to finish it and execute yeah. it to have excellence, you know? So it's so funny. I love that you shared that. No, but I think like, that for us, for us, it's also important. And you, especially when you work with big brands, you've yeah. got to, you've got to honor the brand when you work for them. I mean, you've got, you know, I, I use the drink the Kool-Aid analogy, but, and I know that this is kind of like cliche, but but if you don't, you need to ask yourself why you're there, because the brand is really, really strong. It's that's what carries you. And that's the success of it. And also, you have to remember that brands like Apple and especially if you go dig and you ask, you, you, you take the Steve Jobs journey, you kind of understand why you want to respect it, too. Yeah. And then after that, somebody had the bright idea to say, you know, I was traveling the world, you know, I was traveling a lot, spending probably 75 percent of my time in airport and plane and Uber. We didn't use Uber then, we used taxi. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then um, whole trend fruit came to me and say, um, you know, we have this store and we need a general manager. And it was a Montreal store. And I was like, oh, my God, I could have an office downtown and not have to travel, you know. And uh, I, that's my first thing. Then I said, oh, yeah, I'd love it. And as I was actually saying yes to the job, I said, oh, my God, I've never done luxury. I've always done specialty retail. And so I said, maybe I'm not going to be good at it. Uh, but, you know, honestly, it was uh, the right fit for me. Turned out to be a great organization for me to be at. Lots of growth. And then I was presented with the opportunity to build the largest retail um, department store in North America of 257,000 square feet. Wow. Um, so we've got five, six floors of retail here in Montreal uh, with all the major luxury brands that you can't imagine. Um, so it's been quite of a journey and as a leader this is where i was really able to apply um my lessons because we merged two culture for the people that may not know montreal we had another store called ogilvy who was also a luxury store and we had a whole renfrew 
for many people know this. So what we did, there was an acquisition that happened and we had to merge two culture. One thing that was very interesting is Ogilvy had a brand, um, Ogilvy had actually a brand of, um, uh, been around for 150 years and Holtz been around for 187 years. Wow. So uh, merging two brands with such heritage, uh, <clears throat> people are very <throat> attached, customers are very attached. So you have to be very, very sensitive to that. So it was not about the operation. It was really about the perception of the brands and employees were also engaged to a certain brand. And it was, and now we were going to bring them together. Um, so as far as a leadership exercise, let me tell you, um, that kind of puts you through the test. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so all of my skills that I took out of show business, resilience, discipline, perseverance, they, I, I put them, I use them every day. I pull them out of my back pocket every day because um, it was really a time for me. So I think that when you go from one job to another job, you need to actually fill in your toolkit with a yeah. couple of skills yeah. and, and just put them in. You know, you might not use them every day, but um, I see ourselves like walking around with toolkit, with tool belt, with yeah. a bunch of skills that you need to use. <laughs> certain time yeah 100 percent. so what have you like let's dig in that that's oh this is such an amazing story i love bringing you guys onto the show because <laughs> i have just learned so much more about you and now it makes sense like it totally Good. makes See? sense i totally get you now as a leader Good. so how have, what have, i'm going to dig into a few more questions yeah. i love you know getting things out of you that you can share these words of wisdom because this is really inspiring to other people so what have you overcome throughout your career in retail that you have you know can share maybe some pivotal moments or some you know things that you obstacles you talked a lot about resilience right yeah um, and then what did you what did you learn from it so some moments and what you learned from it well i think the overcome I, what i did the most is because i did not come to retail as um you know somebody that's been already in retail for 40 years. And uh, like I said, I, I you know, it, my retail career is very short compared to many people. So I had to actually had a very strong strategic plan of growth in order to get to where I'm at today. Hmm. So I, I think what I overcame is the adversity of saying, well, you need to be in the position for nine years before you do that. And I was, if you say that to me, I'm gonna do it in nine months. Like, you know, honestly, I'm the type of guy to say, you don't say can't, because mm -hmm. if you say can't to me, I, I'm going to prove you wrong. I, I'll sleep, I'll lose sleep at night for it, but I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> I so I, I think that for me, what was the mostly difficult is to walk into an environment that sometimes there might have been judgment about your skill sets, because a lot of time I was interviewing for jobs at the very beginning in retail and people would spend hours to talk about my career as a dancer. And I was, I had to be the one to say, Hey guys, I'm interviewing for a job. Can we actually talk about the job? I'm interviewing it. I know my dancing career sounds very exciting and fun, but it, so it was a little bit, there was a lot of preconceived um, IDs because of my resume did not fit the bill. Um, I did not come from an environment where I had a lot of credential from a schooling environment. So, um, so I had to overcome that because I did not come out with, you know, an MBA or anything like that. So for me, um, I really learned on site and that's something that I actually had to put in my strategy to say, uh, do not allow yourself to be complacent about growing because otherwise you'll never get to where I want. 
So it was not really, I didn't feel that there was people stopping me. I think it was my own journey. I had to overcome my own plan to get to where I'm at today. Uh, and that requires a lot of self-reflection, a lot of vulnerability, a lot of time to say, oh, I really screwed that one up. But, you know, you, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that um, when I hire or when I actually um, want to work with somebody, I usually ask most of them not about their success, because I think success is fantastic and we need to celebrate that. Yeah. But I usually ask about their failure and I want to learn how they pick themselves up, because that's the, the true character of real leaders. It's how you actually um, overcome and actually be able to pursue. Because yeah. as a leader, you got to be there to in order to uh, enable your follower, right? Hundred percent. Somebody asked me that yesterday. I was on a radio show yesterday, and somebody asked me, and it wasn't a retail show, but they asked me like, "What did you about obstacles and what are you overcoming?" And yeah. I was like, "Well, obstacles are going to be there. You better embrace them. Number one. Yeah. And then you better figure out how to overcome them. And I, we, a lot of us in retail shared this same thing. It's like. Retail was a job that you could get into, which was easy with um, not so much education, let's say. Yeah. And so I had to overcome when I became an executive, not having that education and feeling like I was qualified to be in that room yeah. because I had all of this hands-on experience and I could speak to those, the frontline workers experience to help the rest of the team really have that insight. And that itself is so valuable um, sometimes just as valuable as, you know, a business degree or whatever, because you have that customer experience and the employees telling you the feedback, right? So you got to remember, I think anybody watching this that wants to grow, listen to what Norman's saying, what I'm saying. It's not always about the education. I promote education. I have an education yeah, company, too. right? But I, I promote development, really self-development and becoming aware so that you have this plan and don't wait for people to do that. But don't think you have to have this degree either to go to, to move up into retail, to have more influence. You want to move up. It's because you want to make a difference, right? Yeah. And I will add to what you're saying, April. And I think a lot of people here uh, may have actually witnessed this, or if you haven't, you need to think about it, that nobody's going to give that development to you. Nobody owes it. Nobody, your development is your own. You need to own your own growth. I, I have so many times I have people walked in and say, so what's next for me? And I'm like, well, what do you want to do? Like, I, why, <laughs> why am I supposed to be the one telling you what you want to do? I mean, that's not my job. My job is to enable that environment that you feel. I mean, I'm happy you're asking me what's next because yeah. then obviously I've created an environment where you feel you can grow, which as a leader you need to do. But on the flip side, you need to own it. Like, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of people, I find that in, especially in retail, because it's a very fast moving environment, a lot of people feel entitled to maybe the next position. Well, I always say, you know, when you get your first job, start working towards your next job and start yeah. acting like your next job, because once you're going to get to the next job, you're going to know what to do and then you're not going to fail. And then as soon as you get the second job, start acting as the third job because, and that's how you grow, right? A hundred percent. When I took on the U.S. Um, as part of my role at um, David's Tea, I asked for that and I created that. I learned a very uh, good lesson early on in my career when I was actually at Banana Republic. I was an acting store manager for yeah. a season and then they posted the job and I was like, hold on a oh, second. I just got through Black Friday in a $20 million <laughs> store. Why are you posting the job? I was like, because I wasn't asking for it. Yeah. And I called the regional director out there and I said, you're taking that post down. 
and I'm actually taking this store on. And after that, it was a really big lesson for me because I was like, nobody's going to give it to me unless I tell them yeah. I want it and I'm going to ask for it and tell them what I'm going to do and, and actually do it, right? Yeah, because you own it, right? It's the addict. A lot. I think that's a huge, uh, it's a huge lesson in life. And and it's not only just in retail, it's, it's in everything. If whatever field you're in, um, growth, your own development, the key word in there is own. You need to own it. Um, you need to and strategize. This is a plan. It's it's you can't wait at home till somebody emails you or texts you or you know call you to say, oh, I got a job for you. I said, you know, then you're gonna take the job because it's a job. But is it really what you want to do? Is it part of your strategy? Uh, and you because that's where you're you're gonna become a very good leader. I mean, mm -hmm. you can you know otherwise you get stuck into what you know you 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 may not want to do and i think that's where it will limit your own personal growth right yeah you talked about so you talked about like you know your your journey from you know professional entertainment and dancing into retail and these different roles right so your leadership must have evolved over time right from when you look back to where it is and you talked a little yeah. bit about Holtz about that whole influence so how has your leadership evolved over time to where it is um, today I think that the for me, I think the leadership. Uh, I'm much more focused. Uh, I think that um, I'm not chasing after everything. Um, and I think that one thing that I learned through my um, my leadership journey is that uh, I'm I'm a provider and I'm also an enabler. So instead of I instead of doing, I decide to enable. So if I can create an environment where people can actually grow themselves, I allow them to do their job. I, I was I'm not a very micro leader. I'm not a micromanager neither. So I realized that more every time I had an opportunity to change job or within the same job, I had a new role or a new challenge. I allowed myself to reinvent myself every time that I had that opportunity. So when you do that, you grow, you, you, you actually allow yourself to say, okay, so I did this the last time and I'm not so proud of a few things and I'm very proud of others. It goes back to, I said, leverage your strength, right? So yeah. carry the strength through and you know the few things that you're not very proud of, use <laughs> it as an opportunity to grow, right? Yeah. And just say, yeah. okay, I'm gonna reset here and I'm gonna change it. So I think that for me, it was really a question of saying that I have to be very self-aware um, I really truly believe in emotional intelligence. And I think that there's a lot of things that I think that people that have that uh, EI, um, they have uh, the ability to reinvent themselves easier yeah. uh, because they don't rely on technically uh, technical or too much fact. We really yeah. rely on, on, on the person. It's, so we're, we're really great leader from the head, but the balance is really that you have to be a leader of the heart and the heart is not always towards others, it's towards you, right? So mm -hmm. I think as a, as a leader also, I grew, one thing that I also learned is uh, I put myself forward in a lot of situation. Um, you know, you know, I did the, put the mask on before the kids, right? I, I yeah. did that and, <laughs> and I learned, and I learned the hard way. I really learned the hard way through yeah. health issue and work-life balance. And I know everybody's talking about this today, especially with COVID and the pandemic. But really, honestly, as leader, if you don't think of yourself first, you, you, there's a huge chance that you're not going to, your stamina will eventually give up. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, I, and I say that the best leader out there, 
And actually, we have a lot of great example of great leadership through the pandemic where people like to make a hard decision and, and lead. Um, you've got to think of yourself first. And I think that, that, that to me, that was the growth. The growth was probably, again, going back to own your own career. I've actually owned my own growth. And also, I became more self-aware. Um, well, and I think a lot to do with it. I think about and reflect on this all the time. It's like if you're in the service industry and you're in service to others and you're always thinking about everybody else before yourself, that's where you cannot have that balance, right? So that's really important that we are conscientious of like, we are driven by being in service and helping others. So we have to really think about, we're not, <clears throat> we have to help ourselves first as well. So I do, I understand that. And that's why we launched a mindful meditation course last year, because yeah, it, yeah it's not a leadership skill, but it kind of is because if you're not like going uh, you know, silent, you know, you're not it's, getting it's, centered. It's so huge because um, I've just gone through a workshop, meditation workshop, um, I think two weeks ago um, that was offered to me and, and I meditate. And that's one thing that I started doing probably too late in my career, but I do. I was the only guy there. Really? And I was like, what it, I'm like, I understand my, you know, I understand I'm married to a man and everything. But I said, what's this? I mean, this is kind of awkward. Why am I? And actually the leader of the meditation say that there's still a lot of stigma about men's or lead, men's leader meditating. Yeah. They they don't admit that it's actually good for you to do unless they do it and then they they hide. And then one day some of them will go, oh, my God, I could see the benefit of it. And I'm like, well, then teach it like, you know, yeah. talk about it. I mean, if, yeah. if, as yeah. a leader, that's what you do. So I think I, I understand what you're actually saying, too. Yeah. Um, so we're coming. Well, I'm just looking at time. Yes. Not, we've got like five minutes left. OK, perfect. So um what else do we want what 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 words of wisdom can normand pass on to this group in terms of any advice to be successful um you know in today's retail environment yeah. you've got a wealth of experience you've showed shared so much great insights but today retail leaders today we're in a very different time back in the day we had traffic walking in you know conversion was good like you know as long as you were converting on the traffic, we had we had an abundance of traffic. It's not like that today, right? It's a very different environment, especially yeah. post-pandemic. So what words of wisdom or advice can you pass on to this, you know, audience? Um, this one's very, you know, you hear it all the time, but stay true to yourself. Don't, don't try to be somebody else. I mean, you know, we're all, you know, April is here to actually educate and I'm here to tell you what I did. You may not repeat what we did, but you need to do your own journey. I think that's the first thing I would say. Um, and one thing else, and you know, I I talk a lot, and and I will actually bring this up um, for anybody that actually watched RuPaul or RuPaul Drag Race. Um, great exa great example of a fantastic brand. Um, you know, as a persona, um, being a drag queen, the guy has actually now. A global brand across the world with his show and you know he's opened up a lot of um you know opened up a lot of minds and everything and if any everyone watch the show there's four words that he use all the time to actually qualify his contestant is they actually needs charisma uniqueness nerve and talent so oh, i'm so I'm, gonna, so I'm gonna leave you with this so to be a great leader you need charisma you need to have a je ne sais quoi that people will want to follow you. And don't make it about a thing. You may not know why they follow you, but they're going to follow you because of who you are. The uniqueness, I just say it, stay true to yourself. 
You may read a lot of book, you may actually listen to a lot of podcasts and everything, but you need to do that with your own identity. Um, nerve, well, if you don't have nerve in retail, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're dead in the water. Yeah. You're dead in the water. Yeah. Um, so basically, yeah, you you need to you need to plow through, and you need to be able to. Uh, like I said, if, if you're courage, not getting, right? yeah, if you don't I have, have the, if you don't have the job, ask for the job or whatever, but you need to have a lot of courage and talent. I think really, honestly, you need to add talent every day. I mean, uh, I, I've actually had quite of a journey and I'm not, it's not over. I'm actually transition career right now. And I'm actually going on a new chapter uh, and I'm a little bit nervous about it, but the reason I'm doing it where I am in, I'm, at what I'm doing in my life is because I want to learn more. So I would say uh, talent is very important. That's the base. That's really what you need. And like I said, if you lack a little bit of talent, make sure you have a gimmick because actually that's you're not going to get through it either. So um, so yeah, so I, I'm going to use RuPaul's uh, word of advice and I'm going to go with the charisma, uniqueness, nerf and talent. And oh. I said, and go for go for it. I love that, Norman. That is so good. Like, I feel like I'm on one of those conference calls back in the day where I'm just writing notes. I'm going to write that one down. So I'm, after I've watched this, I'm going to go back and actually... Yeah, it's it's, it's not mine. Write down. It's not mine. You can have it. I know, but here's the thing, right? This is what I love about talking to so many different leaders. It's like you learn... And, and the common theme, I think, that I always find with all of you that come on this show is learning and growing is part of who you are to become the leader that you can be right and that starts with a self-reflection a self-awareness and so that's just brilliant and it's not always our ideas it's, it's just sharing other people's ideas so you know in the essence of being like a teacher and a coach that's what you just did and that makes that makes you a great leader mm -hmm. so I, i'm just so grateful that you shared that because that's really Thank good you. so what what are you doing now then you're, you said you're transitioning a little bit so yeah so um actually uh, as we speak right now this is my last week at holt renfrew um i've been here for almost nine years um it's been um the, one of the best ride of my life. Um, feel really grateful of everything that I've been able to do with opening the store and growing the people and getting the team ready for the future. But um, now I'm on the pay it forward mindset. So uh, I'm actually going into consulting. So, um, so, you know, being from Quebec, being bilingual, I think there's a lot of opportunity right now, especially with the pandemic and everybody's trying to actually reinvent themselves. So I want to be part of the reinvention. Um, so actually, that's what I'm doing. So, um, so I'm I'm here to pay it forward to organization that actually wants to try and change their mindset a little bit and you know work the baby operationally also. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, I am so excited to follow your journey and see, you know, the the amount of people that you're going to impact and support and help Thank along you. this because you've got so much great years of experience and just. And, and I know that it's going to benefit, um, whether it's in retail, whether it's with other businesses, but I just wish you the best of success. And thank I just you. want to say thank you. Thank you for taking the time out of your day and joining the positive effect. I've had such a positive experience with you today. And um, you can go back and read all the comments afterwards in the feed. There's some really great comments from people. So um, check that out. But yeah, it was, it was great having you on. So thank you and good luck with everything. Thank you. Thank you. Love you and take care of yourself. And uh, keep it up. Keep up the good work. Keep up the positive effect. We need we need that. We need the positive effect. We do. Thank you we very do. much, April. All right. Bye. Thank you, so, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.
me just end this. Oop.